With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, I'm Grant Wall, and welcome to the Planet Football Podcast. This is our Women's World Cup podcast with me and Sports Illustrated's Lakin Littman. We'll be publishing podcast episodes after every U.S. game during the tournament. While we've got you, make sure to check out our podcast series, Throwback, on the origin stories of the U.S. Women's National Team and the FIFA Women's World Cup. That's throwback. You won't regret it. Onward. Let's bring in Lakin Littman. Lakin, USA 2, France 1. The U.S. is in the semifinals of the Women's World Cup. How are you and and what are you thinking here? I'm good, Grant. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) I, um, you know... Heading into this game, I honestly was questioning my pick of the U.S. to win the World Cup. And coming off that, that win over Spain, I was had some doubts. And I thought that, you know, maybe France can pull this thing off. And then, you know, the U.S. takes an early one nothing lead. France isn't, you know, they're not finishing. But then the second half happens, and I think France is going to come back. And But the U.S., they... they they pulled it off, <laughs> but it lived up. The game lived up to the billing. You know, everybody was hyping this one up before the World Cup even began, and I thought it had everything that we wanted. Yeah, so much stuff. Megan Rapino, two goals, one early on on a free kick that kind of went through everybody and into the net. Um, and then in the second half, against the run of play, the U.S. just a terrific counterattack, totally ruthless. Uh, Alex Morgan and Tobin Heath combined to set up Rapino's goal. Terrific uh, cutback pass by Heath to Rapino in front of the goal. And it's kind of incredible, don't you think, what Megan Rapino does in these giant moments where she is the focus of so much discussion on and off the field heading into this game. The president tweets at her, basically encouraging all of his followers to spew hate her way. Uh, And she just takes it in stride. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, 
This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I saw a tweet earlier before the game. Um, it was something like um, with Trump supporters, you know, people love America so much it took them one comment by one player to root for a whole other country is what the tweet <laughs> said. It's like, but you know what? If any player is equipped to handle this kind of attention, it's Megan Rapino. She's got pink hair. She battles criticism sometimes with humor and her maturity and um, I think you just have to hand it to her that she was able to I mean like there's no other way you would actually think that she would finish this crazy week circus of a week um, than scoring two goals yeah it's just uh, another story in the legend of Megan Rapino. <laughs> by the way I'm going to apologize for the sound over my shoulder in the stadium here, but uh, hopefully you all can hear me. Um, but uh, she came up huge. Uh, Jill Ellis said in the press conference afterward, this is the most intense game environment she's ever been in, uh, which is saying something when you think about, here's someone who won a World Cup final four years ago, and yet, um, I mean, being in the stadium tonight ha was very cool. Um, I'm sure the atmosphere came through on the TV, but just the, the fans of both sides, the noise, uh, it felt like a giant event. Uh, and I think it's got, that'll probably be the best atmosphere we see in this World Cup, especially now that the host team is no longer in it. Right. And, and really, you know, you kind of feel for France, not only were they eliminated from a home World Cup tonight, but they also were eliminated from being in next year's Olympics because only the top three finishers from Europe for in this World Cup will get to go to the Olympics. So um, I, I don't, you know, another thing that stuck out, stuck out to me, the French coach, Corinne uh, Diacre, said after the game that playing the Americans in a tournament is much different than playing the Americans in a friendly and that's where France has beaten the U.S., has been in friendlies in the last few years, but never once in a major tournament. And there just seems to be something that clicks in for the Americans when 
it really matters. And that's always been the case against France. And I don't think France, unfortunately, you know, is, like they played well at times tonight. They're on the ball a lot. They had a lot of possession, but they also were disjointed, I thought, in the fr especially in the first half and seemed to be frustrated with each other on occasion when they weren't combining in ways that they typically do. And we talked before about how we thought, well, most people probably thought that France was going to target Crystal Dunn, but she totally won that battle with Diani all night, I thought. I mean, you know, there were some battles that, you know, she got crosses in, um, but I thought for the most part, Dunn, if, if Rapino was MVP of this game, Dunn came in second. It's just, I, she just... For all the, I don't want to say criticism, but she's a natural forward. She's an attacker by nature. Um, and she starts at left back and was her assignment was, hey, you need to go defend one of the best forwards in the world. And she did that. I totally agree with you. I thought Crystal Dunn was terrific tonight. Um, and even when, uh, I, and I thought both fullbacks were actually, I thought yeah. Kelly O'Hara had a very good game as well. And there's one thing, there's a reason why they start for the U.S. in that position is because they can get forward in the attack, but also if they get, they're just a little bit behind defensively, they've got the, the speed to catch up, both of those players. And they did that well tonight. I also thought Crystal Dunn's positioning was better tonight than it has been defensively in, in previous games. We've seen her be very narrow uh, defensively and a lot of times that has led to unchallenged crosses by other teams we didn't see that nearly as much tonight um and so yeah i thought the u.s fullbacks were terrific uh, the u.s did do something sort of unusual they went back into a five uh woman back line uh at times in this game which uh gives you an idea of how much respect jill had for uh for france and the way they were going about things but i thought that defensively the u.s was was solid except on the goal you know they let um renard get through uh for that header and made things really dicey for the last 10 minutes tonight uh, what do you think about lindsey haran not starting in this game yeah. uh that surprised me yeah i mean i don't know maybe they said this after the game i mean was it because she was sitting on a card? Was it they couldn't no. risk? Okay. I mean, or did they want Mewis's height on Renard on set pieces? Or which, obviously, she ended up scoring anyway. Um, yeah, I asked Jill Ellis' <laughs> question in the post-game press conference, and all she really said was, it, you know, it is based on form. So she thinks mm. Mewis is in better form than Haran right now. Uh I don't know if I totally agree with that, but I also thought Mewis played pretty well tonight. Um, you know, the U.S. has uh, a lot of players who could start. I, I would I would actually prefer to see Ertz in the back line, uh, and that would allow Mewis, Haran, and Lavelle to play. I thought Lavelle didn't have one of her better games tonight, but, um, you know, in the end, you didn't need it. Yeah, well, that's where it's tough when you have so many players who can start and you only have so many spots. But the U.S. really struggled at times to control the midfield, and that's where Haran excels sometimes. I mean, we saw her do that a few games ago, and it's like you saw especially on Twitter just everybody clamoring, oh, the U.S. lost a ball, you can't keep possession. Hey, Haran's on your bench over here. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously it ended up working out. Um, if it is form, I guess we'll see that maybe she won't start um, on Tuesday against England. But 
Um, if it's not, then maybe she, I mean, we'll just see, I guess, how, how, how truthful Jill Ellis is being with, with, <laughs> with that um, reason for, for sitting her on the bench to start. You know, once again, Alex Morgan doesn't score in this game, and, and she had five in the first game against Thailand, hasn't scored since. She's still um, leading the, or tied for the Golden Boot Race uh, with uh, now Megan Rapinoe's on yeah. five um, unexpectedly. Uh, so are Sam Kerr, Ellen White as well, who's going to be facing the U.S. in the next game. Um, you know, one thing about Morgan tonight, she didn't score, but she certainly had a, a contribution along with Tobin Heath on that second goal. Um, what's your sense of Alex Morgan at this point? Well, she also, and she also drew the foul on the, on the free kick. For True. To, for uh, Megan's first goal. I mean, she hasn't really looked right the last few games. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, when she went down in the first half after clearing, uh, I think it was a corner kick, mm-hmm. and she was uh, squirting water on her head. But it looked like the ball hit, at, you know, in the right spot, and she didn't collide with the player, but she was down for a little while, and then obviously she got back up and played the rest of the game. But... I don't know, there's something just kind of off. And obviously, you know, Ellis said a few games ago she got dinged up. Um, it does, I don't know. It just, like, she scores five goals and then and then she's off her game a little bit. I don't – it seems just kind of bizarre. Well, it does make me wonder, in retrospect, if it was really smart to have Morgan completely sit out the second game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time I could understand her not starting, but I would have thought you'd want to at least get 45 minutes for her. Um, She's gotten beat up a fair amount in this tournament. She's had her back to goal quite a bit. Um, you know, you do wonder if teams are targeting her a little bit. I thought that her drawing that yellow card early on that Rapino then scored on the free kick, um, early yellow cards like that tend to set a tone for a game. And so, um, in a sense, you know, we saw Alex Morgan saying after the Spain game that Spain was reckless. She thought they were targeting her and wished the referee had done more. Well, the referee did do more in this game early on. And so uh, I will give Alex Morgan some serious credit for, for drawing that yellow on, on Mbak because uh, obviously it then led to a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, don't, I wonder if that had an impact on maybe how uh, the French players defended the rest of the game. Um, you know, I also asked Rapino if she was expecting there to just to be a two-player wall for France on that free kick goal of hers, because it looked like there was space for her to shoot into. You know, she said she was like at a tight angle, so she wasn't totally surprised. Uh, Ertz made her usual near post run, and I think that caused some chaos. Um, I don't want to just blame the French goalkeeper on that one. I think yeah. partly to blame, but you know, I think her teammate should have done more to to clear that ball before it came into her. Yeah, and also on that on that free kick, it looked. I mean, I kept watching replays. It looked like um, Buhati maybe had. It was hard to see. Yeah. I, I mean, there was countless players in front of her, and it looked like Julie Ertz was going to get something, some body part on it. But then chaos. So yeah, it is tough to blame um, the goalkeeper for that one, but solely. I mean. Is, is there anything else about this uh, this game or, or the U.S. right now that stands out to you? I think it's important just to note that they got past this game that everyone has been hyping up for yeah. how long now? 
like not months, but weeks at least. And, you know, it's not like the competition is going to get easier, but this was the one that everybody had marked. I mean, I don't think Rapino is coming out saying that, you know, we're preparing for England to be an expletive circus. Um, And so I feel like they got past this one. They can breathe a little bit, but they still have one, maybe two really tough matchups coming with England and then maybe facing Germany in the final. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right. And, and, and I, I kind of look at it also as I think this U.S. team has been to enough rodeos before that they're not going to let their guard down after winning this game against France. I mean, I know everyone was calling this the final before the final, but I have a hard time thinking that the U.S. is going to suddenly, you know, not be ready for the next game yeah. <laughs> against England. Right. Um, in terms of that game, USA-England, is there anything you're thinking about uh, heading into that game in terms of the matchup? Well, watching the... Watching England's win over Norway um, yesterday, I guess it was, um, they were a little sloppy defensively. And I feel like one of the things I thought during the first half of the USA-France game, after Rapino's uh, free kick goal, it's just at that point I was like, man, it's been two games since the U.S. has scored in the run of play. Now, this was before Megan scored in the second half. But if if the U.S. knows that about England heading in, this attack that we've everybody's been hyping up to be the best U.S. attack ever needs to act like it. They need to act like they did against, they're not scoring 13 goals against England, but they need to be a little bit more prolific, I would say. And, and if if England's prone to making mistakes back there, this would be a perfect time for someone like Alex Morgan to gain a little more confidence um, in a semifinal game before potentially playing in a final. Yeah. Um, you know, I look at this USA-England game. England won the She Believes Cup earlier this year in the U.S., um, had a, a t- 2-2 tie against the U.S. in that tournament. Um, the England players sound confident, so I, I, I don't think uh, that's going to be a concern for them, but uh, I, I do kind of go back a little bit to what Diacre said tonight, the French coach, which is, you know, like I said earlier, like the U.S. is a different team in a in a big tournament than it is in a lesser tournament or friendly. So um, I, I, I think we really saw that tonight in the U.S. players. There was a real, not just a ruthlessness, but a sense of like, we know what to do in these situations. We've been here before and we're going to find a way. And it's hard for me to think that if the U.S. can get past France tonight, that uh, if, if they can do that, I don't see any reason they can't win the, the next two games because I actually think they could be at potentially lower degree of difficulty than this one was. Right. It's like they got through their hardest test. Now it's like, okay, we, we've got these next two. Um, in terms of 
Let's just talk briefly about the other two quarterfinals, mm -hmm. Germany, Sweden, and Italy, Netherlands, four European teams. Uh, anything stand out to you about those games? Well, I saw a crazy stat today about Germany, Sweden, which I didn't know, um, that Sweden has not beat Germany in 24 years. The last Yikes. time they beat them was in the 1995 Women's World Cup, which, wow. like, talk about a team haunting your dreams. <laughs> I mean, Sweden <laughs> has a lot of confidence coming in, you know, after beating Canada, but I also saw that Germany um, could potentially be getting their star, Jennifer Mar Mars Marzan, uh, yeah. back, and she adds a different dimension to their attack. So they also haven't conceded a goal um, in this tournament in Germany, and yeah, I, I, I feel like Germany's going to get this one. I think they will too. Uh, I happen to have been on on hand for the 2016 Olympic final. Germany beat Sweden. I was uh, on site for the round of 16 game, the 2015 Women's World Cup, where Germany just destroyed Sweden. Um, like Germany is Sweden's bogeyman team, and I just don't see that changing here. I don't think the Sweden team is good enough uh, to beat Germany. So. Uh, I think we're together on that one. Uh, in terms of Italy, Netherlands, Italy, the surprise of the tournament. Uh, Netherlands, uh, I thought was a little fortunate late against Japan, but I like watching the Netherlands. What do you, who do you like in this game? I like watching the Netherlands too, but I also like watching Italy. And <laughs> I, I've, I'm always so bad at picking upsets, but <laughs> I'm gonna just go with, go with my gut and say. Italy's going to keep riding this um, this train and, and continue to be a surprise in the World Cup and make some history here. <laughs> um, I mean, the Dutch obviously have a better attack than China, um, but I like I like maybe Barbara Venancia and, and Christiana Girelli to maybe get some be scrappy and get some goals in in, in front of the box. I don't know. That's so. I'm I'm going with Italy in a in a uh, surprise victory over the Netherlands. I just wish Italy, the players, would stop dancing the Macarena <laughs> after games. I'm really bothered by it. Um, they play that song in, like FIFA plays that song in the stadiums here, and I just don't know where it came from, why they decided to revive it. I certainly don't know why the Italians dance to it, but huh. more power to them. Um, that's a bold pick. Uh, I think the Dutch are going to win the game. Uh, I, by the way, I didn't do a victory dance about my pick of uh, my upset pick of Norway over Australia, by the way, last oh, week. Oh, nice. Congrats. So yeah, that was good. I got one right. You um, can do the Macarena to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will not do the Macarena. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I part of it is I'd like to see the Dutch advance because I think a Netherlands-Germany semifinal would just be absolutely fantastic. Uh, an amazing rivalry between those two countries, but also two teams that I think could, could end up playing a really fun game against each other. Um, and, you know, like, I, I feel like this Women's World Cup is delivering. I, I, I feel like, you know, we're getting some serious entertainment here, and that uh, has been heightened even more by this USA-France game, which was just uh, an absolutely amazing atmosphere. How do you think or do you think that just the atmosphere traveling around France changes with the host nation out? Well, whenever the host nation goes out, it's a little more muted. But 
I will say this, you know, the semifinals and the final are all sold out in Lyon. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a ton of American fans there. And now that we move to Lyon for these three games, um, you know, Lyon's smaller than Paris. And so I think there should be a real field of, of the World Cup in Lyon. Um, I hope so. I think it's kind of weird that the final's not in Paris, but whatever. Right. Um, like, wouldn't, wouldn't the men's final be in Paris? I mean, <laughs> of course it would. But I mean, <laughs> so. like, they also would have had games in the Stade de France and not right. Parc des Princes. But um, in the end, um, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed being in Paris this month, but I also like Lyon and. Uh, we got some good games to look forward to. Yeah, I'm excited. So, uh, good stuff. Good talking with you always as Lakin. Let's do it again after the next U.S. game. Sounds great. Thanks for listening to the Planet Football Podcast. I'd like to thank Lakin Littman as well as producer Brandon Nix and everyone at Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. Remember to check out Throwback, my podcast series on the origins of the U.S. women's national team and the FIFA Women's World Cup. See you next time.